as well. All right, now we're going to jump here into the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 9. Excuse me, Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 9. Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 9. And we're going to be looking at the failure of Abraham. The failure of Abraham. Last week, we looked at the call of Abraham. We saw how that Abraham, how he forsook all and followed the call of God. He left behind his family. He left behind his homeland. He he left behind his religious uh affiliations, he left everything to go for God. And we made the comparison how that that's what salvation is. Salvation is a change. It, it changes who we are. And that's what Abraham did. And Abram uh, set out to find a promised country. And his only affirmation, when he set out to find this country, his only affirmation was complete confidence that what God had said was true. He had no other proof. Now, there's a lot of people that's done a lot of work and written a lot of good literature proving that God is real. And I appreciate the work that they have done. I appreciate the literature. I appreciate being able, whenever there is someone that is a septic, that we can take scientific proof and show that God is real and the Word of God is real. And I think those works are valuable. But Abraham didn't have any of that. All Abram had was that God said, follow me. And Abram said, okay, I'll follow you. And he stepped out completely trusting that what God had said was true. He had no proof. He had no definite destination. Abram didn't know where he was going. You know what? A lot of times we're willing to go somewhere if somebody will tell us where we're going. Abram didn't know where he was going, had no definite destination, but he simply trusted and did what God had said and set out in faith to find this land that God had promised him. Now, if we look at the promise that God gave Abraham there in the beginning of chapter number 12, we will find that God never stated to Abraham that there wouldn't be trouble. He didn't say to Abraham, Abraham, if you follow me, you'll never face another trouble in your life. You'll never face another issue. That's not what he said. But when we look at the text here in a little bit, you will find that it seems that's what Abram assumed. God said to Abram, he said, I will bless you. I will bless them that bless you. He said, I will curse them that curse you. Abram, I'm going to take care of you. But nowhere did he say that Abram wouldn't face hardship and difficulties. He just promised that he would bless him despite the trouble. He would protect despite the enemies. He promised to protect and provide. But Abram made the same mistake that I believe we often make. You know, oftentimes... We hear the promises of God and we assume that we know what they mean. Or we assume that we know how God is going to fulfill that promise. Or we assume that we know how God is going to meet that need. And we get a picture in our mind of how we think things are going to work out. And when they don't work out the way that we thought they would, we lose faith in God. And I believe that we see this is exactly what Abram did here. Abram had heard the promise of God. He assumed what it meant. And when it didn't work the way that he thought, Abram lost faith in God. And because he lost faith in God, Abram failed in in this point in his walk with God. And so we're going to take a little bit of time and look at that this evening. In Genesis chapter number 12, starting in verse number 9, the Bible says, And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. There was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. 
And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai's wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated Abram well for her sake, and he had sheep and oxen, and he asses, men servants and maid servants, and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou, She is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this privilege and this opportunity, Lord, that we have to be able to come together in your house. And Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness to come to your house. And Lord, I pray for those that are unable to be here this evening. Lord, as we took prayer requests, Lord, many, many names were mentioned, Lord, of of folks. Some, uh, Lord, with mild sicknesses, some with uh, major major health problems. Lord, we mentioned those some that have lost loved ones that have gone on into glory. And Father, Lord, we know, Lord, that you are able to touch, to heal, to comfort, to support. And Lord, I pray you meet the needs of those that are unable to be here this evening. Lord, I pray for those that are here, Lord, and those that are watching online. Lord, as we look into your word this evening, I pray, dear Lord, that this lesson, Lord, that it'll be educational and help us, Lord, to better understand your word. I pray, dear Lord, that it'll be challenging and, Lord, that it'll... uh, come into our hearts, and Lord, that there will be principles of your word that, Father, Lord, we can apply to our lives, that, Lord, will help us, Lord, as we live day to day, that we might live the way that you would have us to. I pray, dear Lord, you be with the children's ministry and the teen ministry downstairs. I pray, dear Lord, that you be with uh, those that are working those ministries. Lord, I pray that you'll bless as they minister to the children. The seed is planted, uh, Lord, in their hearts, and Father, we'll thank you for it. Bless us now throughout this evening, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here in this passage of Scripture, now if you remember in the first part of chapter number 12, Abraham was called, Abraham took off, and we finished in verse number 8 with Abram on Bethel building altars and worshiping God. Things looked good. But now we come to this passage and we find Abram has been derailed. He had been called, he had been chosen, he had sought out. Uh, He had set forth in answer to the call of God but just a little ways uh, into his pilgrimage and he comes up against something he had not expected. And you know what? Anyone who accepts Christ is going to come up against something they did not expect. It could be that the devil is going to jump in put a stumbling block that they didn't expect. It could be that the Lord is going to bring a test into their life, which is what I believe is the situation here with Abram. God was bringing a test into his life to see how Abram would respond. But you're going to come up against something you do not expect, something that you didn't see uh, coming. Now what we ought to do and what God is teaching us to do is when we come to these things we don't expect is learn to trust 
in Him. That's what God is trying to teach us. Look, I have promised I'll take care of you. I promised I'll watch over you. I So when you come up against those things you don't expect, I'm teaching you, learn to trust in me. Don't react. Don't depend on the flesh. Learn to trust in me. But we see here that Abram, he's just a young Christian. He's not very old in the Lord at this point. uh, And he comes up against something he did not expect. We see here that God had promised blessing, but Abram was facing a famine. God had promised protection. But Abram was facing the Canaanites. The Bible says there that the Canaanites was in the land. I think it's verse number 7. He was facing Canaanites. He was facing a famine. God had said blessing. God had said protection. But here he is facing famine and the Canaanites. In Abram's mind, I believe, it's not expressly stated in the passage, but I believe in Abram's mind, this is not what he thought God meant. When God said, I'm going to give you blessing and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to watch over you, I believe that Abram got the same mindset that we often do, that this means there will never be any more trouble ever again. Abram wasn't expecting this. This wasn't what he thought God had promised. And so when something came up that wasn't what he thought God promised, instead of going back and reconsidering what God had said, Abram reacted and began to act in his own wisdom and his own strength, which is what so many times we do as well. I believe if Abram would have went back, and he would have reconsidered the promise, he would have realized that God was going to bless him in the famine. Don't forget, the God of Abraham is the same God that provided manna every day for 40 years. The God of Abraham is the same God that sent food to Elijah by the brook Sherith with ravens. Uh, This is the same God. God could provide for Abram uh, in the famine. He said, Abram, I'll bless you. Abram, if you follow me, you never have anything to worry about. No matter what you face, I'm going to take care of you. But when Abram ran into a problem, he felt like God had misspoke. You see, as we go through life, we sometimes get this mindset that anytime we face something negative that God's letting us down or God's judging us or God's not keeping His Word. But God nowhere at all said that if we become Christians we're going to live in a utopia on this earth. Now there's coming a day when we're going to live in a utopia. There's coming a day when all sickness and sorrow and sadness will be gone. There's coming that day. But it's not here on earth. But many times when we run into difficulties... We all of a sudden want to start accusing God of not keeping His Word when if we would go back and read His promises, He never told us that there wouldn't be trouble, but He told us that He would take care of us in the midst of trouble. And if Abram would have went back, he would have seen that God was going to take care of him here in the midst of his trouble. But Abram decided to take things in his own hands. Because Abram didn't understand the big picture... He began to make bad decisions that led to a failure in his walk with God. So I want to look here this evening at six reasons, or six things that led uh, to or resulted from Abram's failure. The first thing we see concerning his failure is found in verse number 10 where we see the reason for his failure, which was a severe famine. In verse number 10 it says, And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. As we've said, God promised blessing. Abram didn't expect a famine. Abram wrongly assumed 
that he wouldn't face hardship. And when he did face hardship, instead of trusting God, he began to doubt God. And boy, I'm telling you what, we often respond exactly the same way. And when you begin to doubt God, you quit looking into His Word. When you begin to doubt God, you quit seeking His guidance. When you begin to doubt God, you quit looking to Him. And if you've not realized this yet, without God to guide us, we're pretty hopeless at making it in this world. But we run into a situation, as Abram did here, and instead of trusting God, we panic. They say, oh no, what are we going to do? This isn't what God said. God apparently didn't think about this. I'm going to have to handle this one on my own. We don't look to God for guidance and we begin to make a mess out of things, which is exactly what Abram did. Abram began to make a series of decisions that made a mess out of things, which is our next point, the result of his failure. First, the reason for his failure was a severe famine that he didn't expect, but then the result of his failure was a controlling fear. A controlling fear. You know what? The devil likes nothing better than to get God's people afraid. Because when you're afraid, he can manipulate you just about any way he wants to. The famine hit and Abram became afraid. Look at verse 10, 11, and 12. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Because of his fear of the famine, Abram made the choice to leave the land of Canaan. Now we know from verse number 7 of chapter number 12 that God had told Abram that he had reached where God was sending him. In verse number 7 of chapter number 12, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord. So when Abram left Ur of the Chaldees, God said, Go to a land that I'll show thee. Abram didn't know where he was going. He parked in Haran for a little bit with his father. His father passed. Abram set out again. God said, Go to a land that I will show thee. Abram went, not knowing where he went. He comes here to the land of Canaan, and he gets there to this place in verse number 7, and the Lord says to him, Abram, this is it. This is the land that I'm going to give you, right here. This is the land I told you about. Abram built an altar. Abram worshipped the Lord. This is where God had sent him. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Then a famine hit. And Abram left Canaan. Now let me just say right here, if we want to make a practical application, that you are always better off where God wants you to be anywhere else on the earth. There's many, many stories that have been told of people who seeking their own safety left the mission field or left a place of service God had put them in thinking that they were seeking their own safety, come back to where they felt they were safe and face tragedy. You're always better off where God has told you to be. God said, Abram, this is it. You're there. Build an altar. Worship me. I'm getting ready to pour out my blessings on you like you've never seen before. You say, well, why did God send a famine? 
Well, I mean, if everybody's eating good, it's not going to seem like much of a blessing, is it? But if the entire land is suffering a famine and Abram and Sarah are eating good, it's going to be pretty apparent that God is blessing him. Perhaps the famine wasn't sent to, to be a judgment on Abram. Perhaps it was sent so that the light of God could shine far brighter. And you know what? Whenever trial and tribulation come into our life, we often panic, much like Abram did. We begin acting out of fear when if we would just sit still, God's just turning the lights down so his light can shine so much brighter. But Abram here, Abram panicked. He's like, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've got to do something. And so because of fear, Abram made the choice to leave the land that God had promised him and travel into Egypt. Now, if getting groceries was Abram's only concern, then going to Egypt was a good idea. That was, that was actually a very smart move if groceries was his only concern. But the Bible tells us in Matthew, take no thought for what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or what you shall put on. For your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Anytime we make a decision based on material goods with no consideration of spiritual impact, we are setting ourselves up for trouble. God said, think about heavenly things. I'll take care of the physical things. But when we start making decisions based on physical things without regard for spiritual things, we're headed for problems. But that's what Abram did. Going to Egypt for food to eat was a good idea. You see, the land of Canaan relied primarily on rainfall for crops to grow. And so if the rain stopped, the crops stopped. Egypt, however, didn't really rely on rainfall. Egypt had the Nile River an abundant water source, and that's what they relied on. And so when everybody else was dying because of no rain, they still had plenty of water. And so going to Egypt for groceries was a good idea. I mean, they had plenty to eat. This is a good choice. But God said, go to Canaan. It doesn't matter how much bread Egypt has. God's going to take care of you in Canaan because that's where God wants you to be. We see here that... Abram's concern was food, but there was a lot more at stake than just filling his belly. And Abram quickly began to realize his mistake. So he makes the decision, I'm going to go to Egypt. Sarah, there's no food around here. I don't know what God's thinking. He must want me to think on my own. And so we're going to Egypt, lots of food in Egypt. Let's go to Egypt. So head for Egypt. On their way to Egypt, Abram begins thinking about the degenerate activity of the Egyptians. He's like, you know what? Them Egyptians, they're bad people. Now I find it interesting that the Canaanites, they weren't saints. But while he was in Canaan, he wasn't worried about anybody taking his wife. When you, whenever, you're, whenever you're in obedience to God, God takes care of you. But now he gets all worried. He leaves the will of God. He's heading to Egypt. And he's like, you know what? Them Egyptians, they're bad people, Sarah. We get down there and, and Sarah would have been in her, in her mid-60s at this point. And at that time, mid-60s would have been middle age. And she would have probably been fairer complected than most of the Egyptians. She would have stood out in the Egyptian world. And he's like, Sarah, we're going to have a problem. We get down there. They're going to kill you. Sarah, we, 
a big problem. So we see first, he made a bad choice to leave where God told him to be because of fear. Now as he's headed to Egypt, he's beginning to think of more fears. Just remember this. Anytime you leave God to go to the world for the benefits of the world, you've got to take their degeneration with it. You're not going to get their benefits without getting their dirt. You're going to pay for what you get. He's like, we're going to go down there and get their bread. And on the way down, he's like, "Uh uh-oh, we've got another problem. In verse number 13, we see that these fears led to the reasoning of his failure. He began resorting to selfish lies. Selfish lies. His fear, first he lost faith in God. Then he began to be governed by his fear. Now he's resorting to selfish lies. In verse 13 he said, Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. Now we all know the story. I'm sure everyone here is familiar with the story that Sarah was indeed his half-sister. So this, was, this, wasn't a, a, this wasn't a complete lie, you know. It was a half-truth. But a half-truth is a whole lie if the reason you're using it is to deceive someone. You see, the, the, the problem with lying is deception. You can tell the truth and be deceptive and you're still guilty of lying. See, a half-truth is a whole lie because he was using it to deceive. And so he says, here's what I want you to do. When we get down there, I want you to tell them that you're my sister. That way, I'm not at risk of losing my life. Now, Abraham has become so motivated by his fear that his reasoning has become blurred. And now remember, his fear is unnecessary because God said, I'll take care of you. You don't have anything to worry about, Abraham. I'll feed you in Canaan. I'll protect you among your enemies. You have nothing to worry about. So this fear is ungrounded. How many times have we operated in fear despite the obvious promise of God? It's unnecessary. He's like, Abram, this is unnecessary fear. But Abram, he's acting in fear, and his fear has blurred his reasoning. He's become so focused on preserving his life that he's not even thinking about the danger that he's putting Sarah in. He's not even thinking about Sarah anymore. His focus has become his his mind has become focused on material goods and self-preservation. And you know what? Whenever you leave God, you will find yourself becoming focused on material goods and self-preservation. It will become your drive. This is where Abram's at. He's like, he ain't even thinking about Sarah. He hasn't even thought about the fact. Now he did think, if I'm married to you, they're going to kill me so they can take me. So let's let's tell them we're not married. He didn't even think about, well, if I'm not married, how am I going to protect her now? There's nothing to stop them now. There's nobody to get in the way. He didn't even consider that. He was responding out of fear, and because he was reacting out of fear, he didn't even consider that he was risking Sarah's safety. Abram could have been sitting in Canaan, enjoying the bountiful supply in the midst 
of a famine. But instead, he's headed to Egypt in disobedience to God, reacting out of fear, putting his wife's life in danger when he could be reaping the benefits of God. I know we're talking about Abram, and I've made a few personal applications, but I don't know about you, but this, this rings a little too close to home. Too many times we could be living in the blessing of God, but we're missing all of it, running ragged, and truth be known, we're, our prayers are, God, why are you letting this happen to me? And God's like, if you just stop, I'd take care of you. Abram could have been enjoying the bountiful supply of God, but instead... He's running scared, thinks God has forgotten him. He's making terrible decisions regarding himself and his family. And it doesn't take long before the results of these bad decisions begin to surface. In verses 14 and 16, we see the realization of his failure. That is, some compounding problems. You know what? It don't take long for us to begin to realize that our, that our choices and our decisions are starting to cost us. We see here that Abram began to realize his failure when the problems began to compound. In verse 14 it says, And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, that she was very fair, just as he expected. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commanded, commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated Abram well for her sake, and he had sheep and oxen, and he asses, and men servants and maid servants, and she asses and camels. Abram had stopped trusting God. He became focused on himself. He became irrational in his decision making, and now he's found himself in a terrible situation. So just as he expected, they're going to think you're beautiful, Sarah. You are beautiful. They're going to see that you're beautiful. They're going to take you. We get to Egypt, and sure enough, they took her. And all of a sudden it hit Abram. Uh-oh. How am I going to get her back? I'm alive, but... Okay, he starts seeing the repercussions of hasty decisions. You ever, you ever find yourself there? Feeling the repercussions of hasty decisions? First, his wife was immediately taken. He's alive, but he has no wife. So much for a promise of a great nation. I mean, him and Sarah were supposed to be building a nation together. Now it looks like that nation's going to be... Part Egyptian is what this is looking like. I mean, he's done messed this up real bad. He has no idea how he's going to get her back because his fear is still controlling him. The reason she got kidnapped is because he was afraid to claim her as his wife. So now that they've kidnapped her, he's like, oh man, if I speak up, they'll definitely kill me now. So although he's seeing the results of his bad decisions, he doesn't know how to correct the mess that he's made. It's hitting close to home for me. I'm telling you, I've, I've seen myself in these situations before. He's like, I've made a bad decision. I see the result of the bad decision. I have no idea how to fix the bad decision. I can't go talk to them because if I go talk to them, they're going to kill me. There's no doubt about it. And then to make matters worse, Pharaoh starts sending him payment. Now, I'd never really noticed this or thought much about this until I was putting this lesson together. Normally, Abram would have welcomed flocks and herds and servants. This would have been a great thing. But he is receiving payment for his sister. 
If he accepts the payment, there's no way he's ever getting her back. But if he rejects the payment, they'll know that he's her husband and they'll kill him. I don't know Lot. He was a little bit of a wild card, and he's he's here. And he's though he's not mentioned, he's here. Lot was just having all kinds of fun. Look, Uncle Abram, they sent us some more cows. Look, Uncle Abram, they sent us another fucking sheep. And Uncle Abram's just sitting over there like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, see, please tell them to go back. No, 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 don't tell them to go back. I don't know what I'm going to do. Have you ever found yourself there? I mean, he don't know what to do. If he accepts the payment, it's over. If he rejects the payment, it's over. He is in a heap of trouble. His problems are compounding. It's getting worse than he ever imagined. All because he quit trusting God and reacted in fear. You know, this reminds me of the quote. I imagine many of y'all have memorized that quote. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. This is where Abram has found himself. And it could have all been avoided if he had simply trusted God in Canaan. All of this would have been avoided. But you know what? I thank the Lord for His mercy. You know what? If it weren't for the grace of God, it would none of us be here tonight. If it weren't for the mercy of God, they would none of us have made it. And thanks God for his mercy. Abram at this point has messed things up pretty bad. But in verse number 17, we see the restoration after his failure in the providential grace of God. The providential grace of God. In verse number 17, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh. Now, if I were the Lord, I would not be as good a Lord as our Lord is. Because I'd have looked down there and said, Abram, you've got yourself in this mess, now you get yourself out. I told you I'd take care of you in Canaan. You're the one that went down there. I told you I'd protect you from your enemies. You ran scared. You got yourself in this mess, now you sort yourself out. No, God said, all right, Abram, I'm going to get you out of this mess. Abram had no idea what to do. In all honesty, there was very little Abram could do at this point in his own power. There wasn't anything he could do. He was gone. But God stepped in. It says, And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Have you ever been there when God came through? You done made a mess. You done buried things. It's a train wreck. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, and God comes through. I'm telling you what, I thank the Lord. We serve a God that shows up. Many times when we think all hope is lost, He shows up and takes care of things. Abram had messed things up beyond repair because he failed to trust God. But God in His mercy said, Abram, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to deliver you. Abram, I'm going to get you out of this mess. And so God plagued the house of Pharaoh. But when he plagued the house of Pharaoh, Pharaoh realized that something was going on, realized that Sarah was Abram's wife. And Pharaoh, honestly, a heathen Egyptian king, had a little more morals about him than Abram did. (laughs) He said, Abram, Look at verse number 18. 
What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? We see here that although God delivers us, there will always be a reproach. And here we see Abram's damaged testimony. Abram's damaged testimony. You see, God had told Abram in the promise, He said, Abram, you will be a person that blesses others. Matter of fact, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. What a testimony. That whenever people come in contact with Abram, they go away with a blessing. How, what a testimony this would have been in Canaan. I can see that God would have blessed Abram and Abram would have provided to others and what a blessing he would have been. But instead he goes to Egypt. And instead, because he's reacting out of fear and not trusting in God, instead of being a blessing to the people in Egypt like he was supposed to be, all the families of the earth will be blessed in thee, instead of being a blessing, Abram was a curse to the people of Egypt. It says there in verse number 19, Why saidest thou, she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Now Pharaoh was honorable in that he gave Sarah back. He was honorable in that he did no harm to Abram. But Pharaoh was done with him. He said, I want you out of here. Don't ever, don't ever come back. Get out of here. Get out of my land. We're done with you, Abram. You know what? Had it been in our day and in our vernacular, Pharaoh might have said, if that's what a Christian is, I never want to be one. If that's how Christians act, I hope I never become one. He damaged his testimony because he didn't trust God. And you know what? God will get us out of the messes that we find ourselves in. But you can rest assured it's going to damage your testimony. And there will be those who may never turn to Christ because of how they saw us act when we weren't trusting God. Abram took things into his own hands. He did things his own way instead of trusting God. And when he left Egypt, he had brought reproach instead of a blessing. Now, in chapter number 13, we'll see that Abram learned some valuable lessons. And you know what? I, I love that about our Savior. We mess up, and through our mistakes, He teaches us. So when we come out of the other side, we have grown as Christians, and we're able to go on for God. Yes, He left a reproach behind Him. Yes, He damaged His testimony. But Abram grew, and he will come out of this, we'll see in chapter number 13, going on and doing great things for God. And so we're going to look at that next week. Hopefully that's a, an encouragement challenge to you because we all face things in our life when we're tempted to quit trusting God. Now I hope this is just a reminder to us, hey, when those temptations come, remember, God will take care of you in Canaan. Stay where God told you to be. He'll take care of you there. Hopefully that's a blessing to you.